Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. In the heart of Glencolumkill, my home parish, there's an old church. Old is relative, of course. The church was built in 1828, according to local records, and the clock tower added a century later in 1913. But some of the things I'm going to talk to you about go back not just a century or two, but a millennium or two. The church was built just yards north of an earlier building, which was described as ruinous at the time, and that in turn replaced an even earlier wooden church, which was probably the original Christian building at the site. Just west of the church, beyond the graveyard wall, there's an old court cairn. It's been there for 5,000 years, give or take. So the area has been a sacred place for a very long time. Inside the graveyard, just to the east of where the ruinous church stood, is a cross slab. A flagstone, maybe 50 centimetres wide, one and a half metres tall, with intricate carvings on one side. Maybe a hundred metres west of the church, there's another cross slab, this time with carvings on both faces. And there's another cross slab, maybe a hundred to 150 metres north of the church. And another again, the same distance to the south of the church. If you travel east of the, from the church, go maybe 200 metres, there is yet another cross slab. And a further 200 metres east of that one, you'll find another cross slab. Like the cross slab to the west of the church, this one, the furthest east of all of them, has carvings on both sides. All of the others have carvings on one side. Pilgrims who would travel a path, encountering and circling all of these cross slabs, would approach each of the cross slabs facing the side which was carved. The two at the extreme east and the extreme west were approached from either directions. You could start the pilgrimage by either approaching from the east or approaching from the west. The thing is, if you look down from above, from the sky, the six cross slabs could be seen to mark out the rough shape of a cross. Though I'm not sure that was ever intentional on the part of the builders. It's a fairly crooked cross. Now, about two kilometres west of the Church of Ireland building, there's another old church. This one really is in a ruinous state. There is little left apart from four walls. Inside that church ruin, in one corner, is a flat slab lying just on the ground. It's known as Column Kill's Bed, Lyaba Column Kill. In Old Irish, of course, a Lyaba isn't just a bed, but a final resting place. And there's no way to prove it, but my guess is that relics from Column Kill's grave were taken from Iona in the years after his death and brought to various monasteries in the Columban Order, in places like Derry and Kells and Swords, and even a small isolated parish like Glencolum Kill. There are several small cairns near Column Kill's bed, a couple of very primitive stone crosses on some of them. Further up the mountain, there's a holy well. 
and sometime in the last thousand or so years, the Taurus, or pilgrimage, centred around the bed and well, merged with the Taurus around the cross slabs in the valley, and created the modern Taurus column kill. Now, going back to the graveyard of the Church of Ireland, where the old ruinous church once stood, there's a suit of rain there. It was forgotten until shortly after the new church was built in the 1820s. Then in the early 1830s, some gravediggers discovered it. The records from that time say that two books were recovered when the Sioux terrain was opened, but there's no more information on what became of those books. I wonder about them sometimes and what they said. Maybe someday they'll turn up. If you climb down into the Sioux terrain and shine a torch in the roof, you'll find that the cavern roof is supported by cross slabs similar to those above ground, slabs that didn't quite fit or they split and broke during carving. I think that's fairly strong evidence that the original church on the site went up around the same time as the cross slabs were mounted. Michael Heritay, the late former emeritus professor of archaeology at UCD, believed the cross slabs were put in place sometime in the early 8th century. This was based mostly on the carvings on the stone, which are similar to 8th and 9th century metalwork and artwork elsewhere in Ireland, which is dated to that period. I think we can do better than that dating. The cross slabs and the church building were all put up at the same time. The church is a pretty big deal. They put up Sioux terrain under it. This was a major enterprise. Now, Colum Kill died on Iona on the 9th of June, 597. The centenary of his death was on the 9th of June, 697. That's not quite the 8th century, but it's only a few years off. And what better way to mark the centenary of your patron saint's death than by building and opening a new turris in his memory? Pilgrims still mark that turris every June 9th, remembering that date. That date is established and was marked from the year he died to today. We know when Colin Kill died. But archaeologists and academics are a cautious lot, and the most Professor Herity could commit to was to say that the cross slabs of the Souterrain roof were placed there at or shortly after 700. But I think you can read between the lines at what he was hinting at there. Glen Colin Kill and the turrets that was placed there was a centenary monument marking 100 years since the death of the saint. There's another anniversary coming up soon. Colum Kill, according to lore and annals, was born on the 7th of December, 521. If that date is accurate, his 1500th anniversary is next year. I wonder will we do anything to mark that anniversary? Maybe we should. I'm Gerald Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.